0: It's always so great to have Dr. Samuel Thomas with us here. Um, I was thinking this morning, it's been 23 years since we first partner with Dr. Sam and Hope Givers International. And almost immediately, we started sending teams to India and seeing the fruit of all God is doing there. And it's always such a wonderful thing when Dr. Sam comes to be with us and and give us an update. And so we have supported them and will continue to support them. Um, Last night, I want you to know about this. Last night, uh, Dr. Sam gave me a framed poster. It's out at his table. Please go by and look at it. And it's a picture of a recent Hope Home and Church Plant there in India and on the side of it it says Osborne Baptist Church and they've taken some of the funds that we give them to plant this church and start this Hope Home where orphans come to get help every day and where every week people gather to worship Jesus and there's a story there of the pastor of that church who grew up uh, through Hope Givers got educated at their Bible college, and then went out as an arrow from the Lord to plant this church. And what an honor for us to be associated with that church, have our name on that church. And uh, uh, some of you, me too, need to go over there and see that church and help them and pray for them and do ministry there so that they can put faces uh, with the dollars that help them. And I'm just so excited to hear Dr. Sam tell us everything that's going on in Hope Givers now. Sam, would you come? Thank you,
1: my friend. Well, praise the Lord. Dr. Steve, it's always good to be with you and your people. You know, many years ago I was speaking at uh, First Baptist Knoxville, and um, the pastor, he's now with the Lord, he said to me, he said, would it be okay if uh, one of our missionaries that is serving the Lord in China talks about the ministry in China? What are you going to tell a pastor? He said, no. (laughs) I said, yeah, it'd be fine. I said, how much time will she take out of the schedule? She said, oh, not much, maybe five minutes. She talked about what the Lord's doing in China and of course her closing statement was, God loves Chinese because he made more Chinese. (laughs) I had to follow that statement. And my opening statement was God's changing his mind. (laughs) And the reason I said that, that was just a joke. It was, but no more. Last month, India has overtaken China's population. 1.4 billion people live in India. And uh, the Hope Home that uh, Pastor Steve was talking about, they just finished it last week. And that house, that home will have 20 children at any given time. Let me explain how that works. 20 children, when they graduate, go to the Bible college and go into ministry, we take more new children. till Christ comes, that orphanage will always have 20 children going into the Lord's work continuously. That's what you've invested in. And I want to say thanks to your pastor, to the saints of the church, for your support. Since I was here last, I would like to share a few things. The, Last time I was here, we were going through severe persecution in India. They had shut down many of our orphanages, and we had come down to less than 2,000 orphans. But as of date, 5,500 orphans are being cared for in this ministry, and to God be all the glory. That also adds 273 children now from the dowry castaway, the mothers who have been burned by the husband. This is not The 5,500 orphans. This is 273 children living in three different hope homes who are being raised as arrows for Christ. 39 blind children in the ministry of hope givers. Last week, 11 of them were baptized. You know, somebody asked me, what is baptism? Of course, it is to obey the Lord. But when you accept the Lord, you have recruited yourself to be a soldier of the cross. But when you're baptized, you have taken the uniform. And that's what these people have done this morning. They are telling the world that they want to be a disciple and follow of Christ. Since I was here last, over 18,000 baptism took place in the ministry of hope givers. This is in states where they have banned for people to accept Christ. This is after banning. 18,000 have obeyed the Lord thank you again i love the prayer team this morning Uh, what a privilege to have them pray over you before you come there's one thing i'll i will say about osborne baptist you know we have 5500 orphans in the 5500 orphans less than 500 are fully sponsored let me repeat that again you can call the office anytime Less than 500 are fully sponsored. See, Dad went to be with the Lord, and it's just me going in churches and talking about the ministry. So it does not make it easy. But thanks to Osborne, it is your fund that allows us to feed all the others and raise them to be heirs for Christ. We thank you, and we thank the Lord for using you in investing into the lives of children or being raised as arrows for Christ. Pray for us that the Lord would continue to see us faithful in the ministry. Before we study from God's word, just go ahead and open the book of James chapter 2. And I was talking to Dr. Steve, you know, <laughs> when they told me this is going to be live stream, I had to cut down a lot of notes. You just do that. Uh, because I'm still the most wanted, and uh, they're trying to arrest me, or they're trying to kill me. And by the way, of course, this is live stream. I want to make it, sure, make it clear, very clear to you that in India, they have banned many states from people accepting Christ. You know, logic cannot be challenged according to the world. But the logic of a changed life can never be challenged. Once a life is changed by the gospel of Christ, no law of India can stop that person from coming to Christ. As a result of that, some of our pastors have gone to be with the Lord. Since I was here last, we had 93,000 churches. And at the recent board meeting, we celebrated 100,012 churches planted. God be all the glory for great things he hath done. I love success stories. And of course, one of the success stories is of a pastor named Aji Elias. He's Zacchaeus of the ministry. He's four foot nine. Uh, I, I don't think you ever had to uh, have some professor explain to him Luke chapter 19. He knew what it meant. Zacchaeus was sent from the Bible college before COVID. We didn't hear from him. Then after COVID, he came to the Bible College and attended one of the conferences and I loved spending time with him. I said, you tell me how you doing. He said, I'm doing fine. I said, what the Lord's been doing to you in your life? He says, well, sir, since I left here, I was given a bicycle and a Bible and a one-way train fare. And the reason we give them one-way train fare, we don't want them to come back. <laughs> so we give them one-way train fare after they graduate. So he graduated and he went to the a state in northern India. I want to keep him safe. So he went to northern India, uh, stayed in northern India, and nobody would let him take a house on rent because he was a missionary. So they stopped him from staying there. So he decided, he had two other students from the Bible College who went with him as an encourager. They both left him. So he stood with the Lord who is the greatest encourager so he uh, said I just found a rich man who had a German shepherd tied to a tree outside and I just made myself at home with that dog because the rich man would bring good meals to the dog and me and the dog shared the meal so he says we did that for three weeks sir Then one day I saw the ambulance coming into the rich man's house and within five minutes the ambulance was going out. He said, I stopped the ambulance and found out that it was the rich man's wife who was ill, was taking to the hospital. He says, I just asked if I could pray for that lady. He says, sir, I prayed and on the way to the hospital God healed her. And the rich man was so convinced that there's something this. Aji Elias has. He says, "Well, why don't you tell me what you need?" He says, "We need a land, we need a building for the church, and I like to start an orphanage." And the rich man sponsored all three. Today, I want to make sure we have 229 believers attending that church. To God be all the glory for great things he has done. I'd like you to take your attention to the book of James, chapter 2, and verse 17. If you have the right Bible, it's page 1051. <laughs> book of James, chapter 2, verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath no works, is dead being alone. A faith that cannot save. You know... When I go to your steakhouse and uh, I like to pull out my 3 million mile diamond medallion Delta card and give it to them. They say, well, it won't work here. You have to give a credit card. I say, well, I've got 3 million miles. It's no good. I'm talking about faith that will not save today. We talk about faith that saves, but I'm talking about a faith that cannot save. According to James chapter 2 verse 17, we're talking about a faith that cannot save. This morning at Osborne believers listen to me, we can be grateful that brother James is not our pastor. <laughs> because he's known and is gifted to bruise people when they come to his church. James speaks of a tr- faith that does not save. According to James chapter 2 verse 17, even so, faith, if it hath no works, is dead, being alone. Here's a faith that has no life. A faith that is dead. To begin with, let me establish the basis for our salvation. We are saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, nothing else. It is grace plus nothing and minus nothing. You're not saved by doing anything. If you feel that you're saved by doing anything, I can rest, you can rest assured that you will never be sure of your salvation. If someone asks you, are you saved? The very best thing you can say, I hope that I am. But if you ask me, Samuel Thomas, are you saved? I said, yes, I'm saved 100%. Does that make you arrogant? No, it just makes me believe that I have a great confidence in my Savior. Who said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. According to Acts chapter 16 verse 31. If work has anything to do with my salvation, I would have to say that I hope I'm saved. I pray today. I studied the Bible today. I'm preaching today. I didn't use abusive words today. I didn't steal today. I didn't lie today. But I did lose my temper today. You say, how did you do that? And when did you do that? This early in the morning. Well, I didn't. That was just an illustration to see if you were listening. (laughs) You are saved by grace through faith. It seems on the surface that James contradicts this truth. It seems as though James and Paul are having arguments about the matter. How can we be justified? Romans chapter 4, verse 2. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Verse 5. But to him that worketh worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. If men are saved by works, then they have something which they can boast about. But notice... What James says in James chapter 2. Open your Bible to James chapter 2 and verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Look at verse 24. You see how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Is this contradiction? Paul says it is by grace through faith. James says we are justified by faith. And we are justified by works. There is no real contradiction, believers. Paul and James are saying the same truth in a different way. Paul is speaking about justification before God. We are justified by faith before God. And James is saying we are justified before men by our works. But when you look at me, you don't see faith, do you? You see a fat body. When you see me, do you see love? You can't see that. You can't see anything but me. But God can see our hearts, He can see our faith. The only way you know anything about my faith is by what you see me do. You know, some believers had uh, this kind words to say to Shelley said, Oh, in heaven, you guys will have a special place because you take care of orphans and the widows. <laughs> Ho-hum. Not true. By taking care of the orphans and widows, we don't get bonus points. We are not saved by keeping those kids in the orphanage. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. If you believe that taking care of the orphans is what gets us a special seat in heaven, then that is salvation by works. You cannot see my heart, but God can. Therefore, I'm justified by faith in front of God. But I'm justified by works in front of people. James chapter 2, verse 14, James is talking about show me faith. What does it profit my brother, though a man says he hath faith." The man says he has faith, but he has nothing to prove it. James chapter 2, verse 18. You show me faith, thou hast faith, and I have works. What is James saying to us? Show me thy faith without works, and I will show you my faith that works. Paul is talking about the root of our justification. James is talking about the fruit of our justification. Paul is talking about the root that is beneath the ground which you cannot see. Fruit is above the ground which people can't see. Paul is talking about inward justification. James is talking about outward justification. Paul is talking about a provision of our justification. James is talking about the proof of our justification. Paul is talking about the means of our justification. James is talking about the marks of our justification. Paul is saying, do you know that you're saved? James is saying, if you know it, show it. People who have always say so salvation without show so salvation are really not going to heaven. I hope you heard that. It is not that work saves. It is not that works even help us save. Not all faith is valid faith. Some faith is bogus faith. Some preaching is bogus preaching. Paul said, be careful of those who preach any other gospel. If anyone preaches any other gospel, let him be cursed. James is saying that when men call faith, it's really not faith. James chapter 2 verse 14, James is not saying that faith cannot save. But he's saying that faith that does not produce a changed life is dead. How can you tell this morning if your faith is dead or alive? Three ways you can know it. Number one, a dead faith expresses no compassion. James chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. If you're certain in the Bible, I encourage you to just write this reference. Go home and read it. Let me just paraphrase it for you. Suppose a fellow Christian falls upon hard time. He's broke. He has no money. He comes to you in his rags and he says, Pastor, would you please help me? Believer of Osborne, would you please help me? He say, well, I pray for you. Stay warm and be full. God bless you. Go. That did not help that guy. Did you know professional photographers are known to take pictures of children in poverty? But majority of those photographers never give a dime to the child that they've taken picture of. We would love to hang pictures of people with poverty but do nothing about them. That's what James is saying. Faith without works is dead. That is why James is saying: beatitude cannot get you to heaven. Reciting your creed will not get you to heaven. And you're not going to save your soul because you know the Lord's prayer. Real faith gives you love for other people. Real faith gives you compassion. Do you have compassion? If not, your faith is dead. Secondly, how to know your faith is dead? A dead faith enjoys no communion. James chapter 2, verse 19. Open your Bible, just look at James chapter 2, verse 19. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. Isn't that encouraging that you believe that there is one God? You do well. The devil also believes that and tremble. But will thou not know, O men, that without faith work is dead? A dead faith has no communion. You see, some people have more faith, but I believe that some people have no more faith than the devil. Did you know the devil is a very orthodox person? Devil is more orthodox than many of the preachers I know. Devil is more real in many ways that he believes there is a God. He does better than many of our professors in our cemeteries, seminaries. <laughs> Matthew chapter 8 verse 29 if you open your bible just write down the devil believes that Jesus Christ is the son of god Mark chapter 1 verse 24 the demons believe that Jesus is holy All right devil believes that Jesus is the son of god demons believe that the devil is Jesus is holy Luke chapter 4 verse 41 the devil believes he's the messiah There's a difference, devil believes and trembles. There is no peace in their soul. The Bible says, perfect love casteth out fear. We have been justified by grace, and we have been given the peace of God, according to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. One may have all the facts about God. One person may pass all theological questions about the Bible, yet they can go straight to hell. There is no difference in believing there is a God. My question this morning is, do you know him? Did you know that the devil is not fighting churches today? Did you know that? That's good news. The reason devil is not fighting churches today, because he's enjoying joining churches today. He's working not from the outside anymore. He works from the inside. Couldn't Satan qualify as a member for a church today? Well, let's give him a test this morning. Devil, do you want to be a member of this church? Yes, I do. Well, Mr. Devil, I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Devil says, oh yes, I believe that. Do you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? Devil says, oh yes, I was there, I witnessed it. Devil, do you believe that Jesus Christ died upon the cross? Oh, yes, it was me who helped him to get there. I believe on the cross. Devil, do you believe that Jesus is coming again? Devil says, oh, yes, because every word he says, he always keeps his word. Devil, are you willing to be baptized by immersion? Yes, I saw him baptized by immersion, and I was waiting to tempt him and take him to the wilderness after that. I believe in baptism by immersion. Devil, will you be a faithful member of this church? Yes, sir, I will be a faithful member. I would even like to join your choir. Would like to even become a deacon of the church. I will be happy to fill the pulpit when the pastors don't leave. Satan is a transformed angel of light. So far, so good, right? Devil, let me ask you one final question. Are you willing to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord? Devil, are you willing to bow your knees to Jesus? Are you willing to love him, serve him, and trust him with your life? (laughs) Satan will spit venom if you ask that question. You know why? Because he says, well, everything else was okay, but I will not confess him. I will not Bow my knees. You know what? Many church members are in the same category. We will be more than happy to say, yeah, he's the son of God. He's holy. He was born of a virgin. Died on the cross. Coming back. That's fine. But don't ask me to bow my knees to him. That faith is dead. Finally... Dead faith expresses no compassion. Dead faith expresses no communion. A dead faith evidences no conversion. Did you know if you only have the word of God, you're in danger of drying up. If you only have the spirit of God, you're in danger of blowing up. But if you have the word of God and the spirit of God together, that is when you grow up. I encourage the believers to always combine the spirit of God and the word of God in your life. James said In Genesis chapter 15, God said to Abraham that I will bless you. That was faith. When did that faith come into action? It was 30 years later in Genesis chapter 22 when he offered his son Isaac for sacrifice. Watch this. It's not sufficient to have faith in God. If your faith does not work, that faith is dead. He believed in God in Genesis 15. But in Genesis chapter 22, he acted on that faith and showed to the world that he is saved by grace alone. As I close this morning, let me share this with you. This was as recent as four weeks ago. One of our pastors, for his safety reason, uh, for the safety of the family, I will not mention this to you. But four weeks ago, he invited all his family Back in India in West Bengal he invited all his family to come to the wedding of his only daughter she was marrying about to marry the born again christian from the church so he invited all the family members understand this he's the only person in the family who is born again christian the family got together and says well we don't want you to perform a christian wedding today I says why not He says, well, we don't believe in Jesus. Why don't you deny Christ? The pastor said, no. I cannot deny him because he's changed my life. And I've asked you as a guest of my family, as my own relatives, to come and join and watch the wedding. This is what happened four Sundays ago. They said, well, how about... If you just deny Christ for two hours, in two hours, we will perform the wedding with our priest of our religion and conduct this wedding. And after two hours, you can accept Christ again. Pastor says, well, no, I will not do that. The family members, that is his two brothers, his uncle, they took him along with the people of the village. They drug him out, beat him half to death when he was unconscious. They saw that he was bleeding. They found all these wood pieces piled upon his body, burned him alive. Day before yesterday, we've been fighting with the police to file a charge against those people who burned them. Day before yesterday, pastor's wife was threatened and she said, well, my husband committed suicide. Don't take any action. Why did I share that illustration? 11 years ago, that pastor accepted Jesus as his personal Savior. Four weeks ago, he showed that by his works, that he believed in the Lord Jesus. He let the people of the village know, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Friends, people in Eden will never read gospel of Matthew, Luke, John, and Mark. They will not read that. They will read gospel according to you. I pray that your faith works. I pray that people see changed lives and get attracted to Christ. Let's pray. Dr. Steve, would you lead us in prayer?
0: faith is dead but I'm tired of having a faith that's dead and I want a faith that's alive so can you right now that you. just bow your heads and close your eyes and if you can say Steve I want a faith that is alive right now just as earnestly as you can from your heart to God can you just say Jesus I believe you I believe you died my death, rose again, conquered death, and you offer me eternal life. But Lord, I I don't want to just believe. I want the kind of faith that bears fruit. If that's you right now and you just ask God to give you real saving faith. could, Could you do something for me? Could you just raise your hand up real high and let me see it. I see you. Who else? I see you. Who else? I see you over here. I see you. Who else? I see you over here. Praise the Lord. I see you in the back. Praise God. Father, thank you for your great love for us and offering us grace through faith that saves us. I thank you for everyone who accepted you and received saving faith today. Thank you, Lord. God, we pray that you bless them and teach them and help them to grow. Lord, we love you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Did y'all enjoy Dr. Sam today? Praise the Lord. Hey, so um, he has a table out in the hallway. You need to go see the poster of the church uh, that has our name on it. And uh, also, um, look, you need to pray about adopting an orphan. You can do that at the table. You need to pray about going with one of our teams to India. You need to pray about maybe giving hope givers some money to help support all those babies. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed.